This is Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Travis provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Good morning. Welcome back to another show of Navigating Your Retirement with your host, Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. Folks, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please give us a call. 877-269-0839. That's 877-269-0839. Joining us this morning is a special guest. Uh, He's been on our show before. His name is Jeffrey Williamson from JL Williamson Law Group. Uh, You can look him up. Jeffrey is uh, one of the, in my opinion, one of the best estate planning and uh, asset protection attorneys in this area. Um, he's he's full. Of, he's a wealth of knowledge, just like uh, we are for retirement planning. He is for asset protection. So, joining us this morning, Jeffrey. How's it going, Jeff? How's it going this morning? Good to be with you. Good, good. Well, um, Jeffrey, last time that we talked, just to kind of kind of rehash and go back and remember, folks, if you ever want to go back and listen to past shows, go to iTunes or Google Play. You can look up our podcast. But what we talked about last time, Jeffrey, was estate planning with a long-term care emphasis. Correct. Yes. And what I wanted to do today was kind of shift gears a little bit because, of course, the reason for long-term care planning is obviously to protect your assets because, obviously, you don't want those costs and, and the risk associated to translate to a reduction in your estate. And, and how we protect our, our assets in retirement is very important. And what I want to talk about this morning is asset protection and estate tax planning, right? Because I think there's a lot of confusion about what you can and can't do, what the rules are. Sure. Um, you know, so so let's just start off. Tell our listeners what it, what is asset protection when they hear that phrase. Yeah. As, um, so. You know, the estate planning field has really evolved. You know, some, when people think of estate planning, they think of just a you know a simple will or maybe a power of attorney. Asset protection is basically structuring your assets in a in a legal way so to minimize uh, the reach of those assets by uh, creditors or even people for long term care predators, people who prey on the elderly. Um, I do it a lot for business owners. When you, the simplest example would be forming a corporation. Uh, when you when a business when you when you form a corporation uh, in a business uh, or use the corporate form you're doing a form of asset protection planning there mm-hmm. because you're you're segregating those corporate assets and limiting uh, the liability of the shareholders mm-hmm. now uh, for most of my clients that are business owners I prefer the LLC as opposed to a corporation for for well one main reason is for charging orders so when you think of Maybe you've heard the phrase piercing the corporate veil. Mm-hmm. You can, so uh, sometimes a corporate, the corporate veil is what, sort of what protects the shareholders from the creditors of the business. You can, um, that can sometimes be pierced. Uh, and that means piercing up through the corporation to the shareholders. But there's also a thing called reverse piercing where a shareholder himself or herself will get a judgment against them or get sued on an unrelated matter 
and creditors will try to reach that shareholder's assets in the company through something external. Right. A corporation has no real protection against reverse piercing. So say you have two shareholders. One owns 80% and one owns 20%. The 80% shareholder gets sued Mm -hmm. for whatever, in a car wreck, negligence, or anything anything and everything. And they get a judgment against them. If that creditor can seize those shares, they can vote to liquidate that corporation to satisfy the judgment. That's called reverse piercing. Mm -hmm. With an LLC... You, you, there is no reverse piercing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 protected. So I prefer the LLC form over corporate form. And mm-hmm. let me just say for those clients out there who have businesses that are in the corporate form, you can switch. And I've done this for clients to a to an LLC with zero tax consequences. Mm-hmm. You just have to you have to file the right paperwork. Right. But but you can do it tax free. And it's the LLC offers a much better. Uh, is a much better vehicle for asset protection. Right. Also, a lot less formality and formation. Well, so essentially, just to boil it down for the listeners, what you're saying is um, it's the surgeon, not the scalpel. Right. Because I mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, surgeons out there, so to speak, in the legal profession. Let's right. just use that as an example. And uh, you know, think of the the strategy as the scalpel. You just you have to have the right technique. You sure. gotta you gotta know what to do. So let's let's shift gears and translate that to how can asset protection be incorporated into general estate planning for for individuals let's say that uh, have liquidated their business they've retired sure. or uh, those that have closely held businesses you know let, let's talk about both sides sure well I want to build on your analogy about the surgeon and the scalpel um, this happened not to me but to someone on another asset protection attorney I know a lot of doctors of course do mm-hmm. asset protection Absolutely. Because of the, especially if they are right. surgeons the hired. liability right mm-hmm. this surgeon um, had amputated the wrong limb Ooh. and didn't figure it out of course till after the surgery was over got on the phone to the asset protection attorney and said, hey, I may need to do some planning, and it's too late then. Yes. So I want to tell the cl- tell the listeners, asset protection is all prophylactic. You've got to do it in advance and well in advance. You mm-hmm. can't wait till you have a creditor problem, because if you do, those transfers to those entities will be undone under something, be called, yeah, something called fraudulent conveyance. Mm-hmm. So, um, but back to your question about incorporating asset protection into estate planning. Any estate planning I do now is geared with is with the mindset of asset protection. Um, you can think of estate tax minimization as sort of asset protection to a degree. We're structuring things to minimize a tax, but the estate tax exemption now is eleven over eleven and a half million dollars per person. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's still some people who have to worry about that, but that's pretty limited. You're talking about probably really the top 1%. Mm-hmm. And if you're a married couple, it's 22 and a half million because mm-hmm. you get to piggyback on both both exemptions. I incorporate asset protection planning, for example, a client, they've retired, maybe they have a farm, mm-hmm. and maybe they uh, lease that farmland out, mm-hmm. or they, they, they've got some land that they let people hunt on. Or they've got a vacation property. They've got a beach rent, you know, that occasionally they, they use for Airbnb. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we will put those pieces of property in separate LLCs. Because if you don't, if you own that property in your individual name and somebody gets sued, 
or something happens and you get sued and, and you don't have that much insurance, then your other personal assets, your brokerage account we'll with risk. Travis Chance mm -hmm. will be at risk. Mm -hmm. So part of the strategy of asset protection is asset segregation, putting higher risk assets in LLCs, separating them out. As far as a more, or a more sophisticated version would be to stack that onto irrevocable trusts. And I think I mean, this is a little technical, but your, 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 your client base needs to know you can have a revocable trust where assets are protected from creditors, but still includable in your federal gross estate. Mm -hmm. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, assets at death that are includable in your federal gross estate are adjusted to fair market value. They get a basis step up. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I had a client that had a piece of commercial real estate. They had depreciated it down to nothing. The decedent passed away. We kept it in the estate it got the basis got stepped up again depreciation all over again yep now that's more of an income tax play down the road but that's important to note you can stack llc's and have those llc interests owned by irrevocable not revocable but irrevocable trust mm -hmm. and that further provides a further layer of asset protection for those clients a good analogy of that is is imagine a series of hurdles each getting higher and higher. Mm -hmm. And it's about putting hurdles between yourself and your, your creditors. Absolutely, because like you said, you, you're, you, you, your estate, your assets are something you've worked all your life for. Why would you want to leave them to peril? And, right. you know, uh, yeah, they're just, you know, it's it's what we talk about on the show all the time. Uh, you know, an ounce of planning's worth uh, worth a pound of cure. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it, it really is. And and what I don't just mean just good pl just planning like you put it on a napkin or you put it on a legal pad. <laughs> you, you need to actually have a well thought out, intentional plan about what you want to do with your assets. Absolutely. Um, I'm doing a trust right now. Um, the, the clients where we we put everything in an irrevocable trust but we lay i later talked to them about this piece of farmland we're going to drop that farmland into an llc for that very reason mm -hmm. and i'm not say, telling the clients don't buy insurance of course you need to have insurance but sometimes insurance companies find a reason not to pay mm -hmm. as we see with this COVID, you know a lot of restaurants had business interruption insurance mm -hmm. the insurance companies say that's not covered mm -hmm. you know that's an example or mm -hmm. your, your insurance coverage is not an, it's not enough right well so so let's talk about uh, as far as and I'm gonna I'm gonna interject a question here as far as the estate tax uh, exemption right now right where in your opinion where do you think it is likely or could it go in the future and why <laughs> is that important for listeners yeah I, 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 I laugh when you ask me this because in, in, in 2009 I gave a speech I never forget it to a rotary club and I told them you know in 2010 the estate tax is set to expire but Congress will never allow that to happen right and so Lo and behold, they it did expire, and um, uh, you know George Steinbrenner <laughs> passed away <laughs> in 2010. So I guess maybe his cardiologist was also his estate planner. Well, that yeah. But but, but so it's I say that to say it's hard to guess. But let me say that under the current rules, the current very generous exemption, the most generous exemption we've had ever ever, is set to expire at the end of 2025, and the exemption then will go back to about you have to calculate but let's say let's say 6.8 million mm -hmm. six half yeah half what i have done for clients so i think anybody who has a net worth over 
five million should at least be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Here's the issue. When you get assets out of your gross estate, of course, they're not going to be stepped up to fair market value. However, Congress has enacted um, some anti-kickback or anti-clawback regulations saying, for example, if you were to give away $11 million today, and or someone does, and let's say they go at the lost sunsets and they die in 2026, mm-hmm. well, the exemption they took on that gift tax return far exceeds their estate tax exemption. Congress has said, or the IR, they've alleged that we're not going to claw back. We're going to give you the greater of the two. So, so in in that regard, let me let me before for, and I want you to finish your point. Yeah. But in that regard, for kind of the the boiling it down is the sim, the simple way to think about it is if if you're gonna do some estate planning, gift to a trust, gift out of like you said, out of uh, you know an intention to to go and capture that return or yeah. that that gift tax exemption. That's going to be something they can't take back. That's correct. Right. Okay. So, but you can draft a trust with something called a substitution power. And this is back to your, it's the surgeon, not the scalpel. Right. You have to know what to do. But you can have a power in, you can reserve that in the grantor or put that in the power of a trust protector to replace assets of equal value, to substitute the assets. So, for example, small business owner or retirement person, let's say, puts low basis stock or low basis uh, family held business stock into a trust. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's an irrevocable gifting trust. You file your 709, you take your exemption. But let's say the estate tax, for whatever reason, keeps going up. Congress raises it to 100 million. If you have that substitution power, you can take, you can borrow, the trustee could borrow enough cash or you could borrow against the assets, put cash in take the low basis assets out when the grantor dies the assets in the trust they're not they're going to be excluded but cash has its own basis mm-hmm. the assets that are then left get out step up. get stepped up in so that's what higher net worth people the strategies they should be thinking about that's right. a way to kind of hedge your bets let me give it away mm-hmm. but i can swap it out mm-hmm. because most people i mean i mean the strategy won't work if you just have a stroke one day and die in, but most people don't do that Right, they've got notice. That right, time is drawing. Yeah. If if you have the 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 cash to be able to leverage that, great great strategy. Well, or or I mean, or or the the underlying trust asset, the bank will probably you know just say, hey, we need to borrow this money for thirty day, ninety days. Yeah. Yep, you know, whatever. or even a year. Yeah. Just roll it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the assets pay the are, interest. Y- yeah, yeah, but interest only. I mean, it it wouldn't be that hard to do. Right. So, um, back to trust. I, I mean, I like to layer with trust. I will say this, for those who really need extreme asset protection, there are some jurisdictions in America that will allow you to put assets in trust for yourself and protect it. Now, Georgia does not allow, they call those self-settled asset protection trust or DAPs, domestic asset protection trust. Um, uh, Nevada being one, Mm -hmm. Delaware Mm -hmm. being another. Georgia, if you do a third-party trust, though, a husband creating a trust for wife or children, you don't have to worry about that. Those assets are protected, and we have a very robust spendthrift provision here in Georgia. But if you want to protect assets for yourself, you're going to have to use one of those jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. Now, Which in, is allowable. Oh, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I just want to make it clear, Georgia does not allow you to, you can't put assets in trust for yourself and then later down the road protect it. Right. 
But there are many other things you can do, and by layering, having hus- a husband create a trust for a wife and a wife creating a trust for a husband, you have to be careful about what they call the reciprocal trust doctrine, but it's still permissible. You can still do a lot of protection that way. Gotcha. Uh, well, so Jeffrey, let's, uh, let's, let's shift gears again. So, uh, so should anyone be planning to minimize the current estate tax exemption with it being so high right now? I mean, I know you, you, you kind of answered that, but, but more specifically, if, if we, if we think that there's a, a possibility that it could be extended or, you know, if, if we, if we think that uh, that estate tax, uh, you know, we may not fall into that because, like you said, you're talking about people with five million dollars and over need to think about estate protection, estate tax, estate tax. But now you've got you're talking about an exemption of like twenty three million for husband and wife, right? Husband and wife. Most you know, there's a lot of people that are like, well, right, eh, yeah. Sure. So, so should should people under that twenty million dollar mark really be concerned about it? I would, I would, yeah. If 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 my assets were over five or six million, I would I would be concerned about it for for two reasons. One is we've got the most generous exemption we've ever had. Mm-hmm. The likelihood is and ever will have probably. Pro, yeah, well, that's what's going. The likelihood is going to go down, not go up. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I can't give a, a you know just a, a a black letter rule say if you're over this amount you should right, under this right. you should. There's no rule of thumb. Thumb, but but I I would say five million over you need to be thinking about. It. Right. Um, you know, whether you do, whether you add some extra life insurance and put that in a trust or do some other things. Um, as far as those, you know, the rules change. What once was malpractice is now good plan. So, <laughs> so, so many of my, many of my uh, trust are incomplete gifts because we want to keep it in the gross estate. Somebody's got, you know, two, three million dollars, which is a very robust, substantial estate. Right. We need to do asset protection for their creditors, but we need to do it in a smart way so that we can still get that adjustment. So it can be pulled back into the estate. At yep. death. Yep. The gotcha. basis adjustment. Gotcha. So, uh, so what what can people really do to minimize? Uh, you know, uh, of course, obviously, gifting it to a trust. But what can be done to minimize estate taxes? <clears throat> well, with the estate tax, sometimes it's better to pay a little tax. One one simple solution, if you think you you may have to pay, is to set up an irrevocable trust that owns life insurance, permanent mm-hmm. life insurance. Something yep. called an irrevocable life insurance an trust. Yes, an irrevocable life insurance trust. And what um, what that will do is give the estate or give the, the grantor or the grantor's estate liquidity to pay the estate tax. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize this. If you own life insurance mm-hmm. and you own it at your death, that's they consider that having the quote-unquote incidence of ownership. It's, it's includable. Com- it's includable in your federal gross estate. I think for those listeners, they need to they think, well, what's in my estate? They kind of just think about what they own. Most people don't realize all that they own. That's right. the first thing. I, I they have a million dollar term policy, and they're like, well, you yeah. know, in, in maybe three or four million in assets, and you're like, well, I've only got three or four million in my estate. No, yeah, no. you've got five million because you do. You forgot about the million dollar death benefit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, and they, a lot of times they forget about. You know their retirement plans mm-hmm. that that's going to be includable. Yep, they just think it goes to the beneficiary. Beneficiary pays income right. tax. Everybody's happy. No, what's in your federal gross estate is much broader than what's in your probate estate. Right. Simply taking assets and putting it in a revocable trust and avoiding probate does nothing to protect against estate tax. If I may make one point about asset sure. protection with LLCs. Um, because let me just say this about estate planning. It's incremental. You know, clients can come to me. I can recommend 10 things. 
you do four of the ten, mm-hmm. you're better off than if you did nothing. It's right. not an all or nothing proposition. One one thing that I do with my, with the LLC, the asset protection benefits really are geared to to an operating operating agreement. Who's drafting that operating agreement? And how much they know about? Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to say this, a lot of attorneys just have their standard boilerplate form, and I'm not knocking you know other, but everything we do is custom. For example, we will put provisions in there that will allow most of our LLCs are taxed as partnerships, mm-hmm. meaning we'll have the husband and a wife be a member, or maybe a hus- maybe a hus- wife and maybe one son, or maybe all that. With a small percentage, they still retain control. Mm-hmm. But with a partnership, you can make non-pro rata cash distributions. So say wife gets sued, mm-hmm. and she, she owns 98% with 2% with her son. And let's just say this entity is generating $100,000 a year in rental income. She can, as the manager of that entity, if the LLC is set up correctly, distribute every bit of the income to her son and none to herself. All that the creditor can get is a charging order against her income distributions. So we cut one spigot off cut and cut, 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 cut the other spigot on. And what generally happens in that situation when a creditor realizes they can't reach it, they will then, the settlement amount will be lower. Mm-hmm. Again, I said it was all about putting hurdles between yourself and your creditors. Anybody, any attorney that tells you, I do this and I guarantee 1,000% that it will work. It's not going to work yeah, out well. Yeah, that, that's just not, I can't guarantee, but I can 99 and 44 one hundredths, you know, and I can put a lot of hurdles. Right. Right. I mean, you, you can, like you said, you can do all you can do. And, right. you know, if, they, if you recommend 10 things and they only do four, kind of, yep. I mean, it kind of is what it is. It is you right. know, it's kind of like a, we're, we're going back to the doctor analogy. I mean, you go to the doctor and he tells you to take, you know, uh, this antihistamine, this cough syrup, this yada, yada, yada. You only take the cough syrup may or may not solve your problem may or may may temporarily suppress the cough but it's not going to clear you up that's right right? so i mean your problem's not going to go away and jeffrey just just as an aside uh, to kind of to kind of key off of what you said you know one of the other things and we've talked about on the show obviously you you've met pete hibbard we had pete hibbard on uh, a few months back yeah and and what we've talked about also with business owners is you can also if you have let's say for instance you have an issue of estate liquidity and let's say for instance that there's not enough cash or you know you you would essentially have a closely held business that may need to be liquidated because you didn't do the proper planning and there's not enough cash to pay the estate tax. I see. Okay. Uh, one of the things that, you know, our listeners also need to keep in mind is if you're in that situation, you really don't need the liquidity. But what you may be able to do is leverage the assets of the company to be able to essentially use that to leverage into a life insurance policy. And like we've talked about, it's the surgeon, not the scalpel. Uh, I think a lot of times, um, I think more mistakes are made because of people not knowing what's available than actually bad decisions. Jeffrey, if they want to get in touch with you, if they if they want to reach out and contact you about any of the topics or just in, in legal in general, how do they get in touch with you? Well, our phone number is 
489-5573. Uh, we have offices in both uh, Savannah and Statesboro. Mm -hmm. They can also just go to the website go, or go to Google and just Google J.L. Williamson Law Group, right. and it should pull us up. Right. Well, good. Well, folks, uh, we've had a great time today. Hope you got some good information. Jeffrey, one more time, give them that phone number. 912-489-5573. Absolutely. Folks, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, give us a call here, 877-269-0839, or visit us at chancefinancialgroup.com. Take care. Be safe. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Travis at CFG Wealth Management. Call 877-269-0839 or visit them online at navigatingretirementradio.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by CFG Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Georgia. Insurance products and services are offered through TL Chance Inc., an affiliated company. CFG Wealth Management LLC and TL Chance Inc. are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.